Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Down the block, Andrew Johnson. Inside for Elba. Elba will score. Elba will score. Newcastle has won the grand final. It's got the ball. Jared Hayes. Hayes. Oh, superstar. Superhuman. Holy Bucalite. The speed of the ball. He hits it. Today, I'm lucky enough to be joined by Blake Wallace from the Toronto Wolfpack. Blake Wallace has been playing for Toronto for the last three or four years. Um, he was realistically the first big signing they had. And by big signing, I mean he was playing New South Wales Cup. There was no NRL team sort of on the radar for him. So he took a gamble and he moved over there. And, you know, he spent his first year or so playing against and with complete amateurs. And three or four years later now, he's playing in the English Super League alongside one of the world's best footballers, Sonny Bill Williams. Blake's got an amazing story to tell, and I hope you enjoy it. Let's kick it off. Wallace looking for the line as he found it. Blake Wallace under the post. Referee gives the try. Welcome to the podcast, Blake. How are you, mate? Yeah, good, mate. Thanks for having me on. No, it's a pleasure. Mate, you're a product of the mighty Dapto Canaries. Tell me about your junior footy down that way. Uh, yes, I grew up in Dapto. Played all my um, junior footy at the Dapto Canaries there, and um, yes, yeah, not much else to it really. I um, spent my whole life there. My dad he played first grade for Dapto back in the day, so just always played my footy there. And then uh, when I was about 19, I went up to Queensland and spent a few years up there. Did you play much rep footy as a junior growing up? I didn't. Um, I didn't make any any junior rep teams. Made the odd like Illawarra like country country footy team but um maybe like how mafias or anything like that so a bit of a um probably a different journey than, than most just not playing any junior rep footy or anything like that and then when i was about 19 had an opportunity to go uh try and play some queensland cup up in rockhampton at that point of your career what position were you playing uh so always played in the halves growing up and then yeah so just kind of just uh bit the bullet and went up to rockhampton and um it was good because my dad's from up there and I didn't get much to do with that side of the family so I got to meet all my cousins and, and stuff like that so it was um, it was a good experience for me for sure. Then after your time in the Queensland Cup, where'd you end up after that? Uh, so left, left Rockhampton uh, end of 2014 and went back to like back home, went back down to Wollongong and uh, signed with the Illawarra Cutters spent 
two years with them in 15 and 16. And played with those boys. And I was working for um, Shane Millard at the time. We played a bit of NRL and uh, spent a bit of time in Super League. And that's kind of um, how this gig come up was through him and um, him sort of throwing my name at uh, the Toronto Wolfpack. And it kind of just snowballed from there. Did he come to you at first with the proposal to move over there? So, because um, I was working for him when we were, um, I was at work and I was just having a chat with him and mentioned it and I was like, I went, oh, that'd be that'd be pretty cool. Like I said, how would it work? And he didn't have too many details and um, he goes, he goes, yeah, can you like you do it? And I said, yeah, hundred percent. Like I said, there's nothing holding me here. And at that time, I was just I was just playing cup and there's no there's no real interest um, from any NRL teams or anything like that and. I didn't have a manager, so I figured my best opportunity was to basically just take it. And he um, he rang me about a, a week later and he was on, and I said, oh, I'm going to work for you. Like, I, was, I was going to drive up to Sydney Airport for night shift. And he said, oh, we'll come in tomorrow. He goes, I've got a two-year deal for you. I'm like, what? He goes, yeah, yeah, i got a two-year deal. So I uh, went in and basically signed that, and um, it kind of just went from there. And what was Millard's connection to the Toronto Wolfpack? So he, um, when he come over here and played Super League, he, he was coached by um, Brian Noble and he played with um, our old assistant coach at the time, Simon Finnegan. I think when the team got together, they obviously like, it was, a, it was, it was hard to sort of get like, new players on board and I think they went to him and asked about some players and then he threw my name at him and I like, sent in some footage of me playing cup and it kind of just went from there and they you know luckily for me they took a gamble on me and they took his word for it and I ended up yeah getting an opportunity and I've come over and um, thankfully it's paid off and had the most of it. So what year did you move over there? I moved over so end of 2016 November 2016 I moved over and back into pre-season leading into year one. I'd just like to take a moment to mention our partners, Moneyball, Australia's favourite daily fantasy sports platform. Moneyball has a special offer this week that closes when the first round one game kicks off where you deposit $2 into your account and you pick what you believe the top eight will look like at the end of the season. If you pick it exactly right, Moneyball returns you $250,000 an incredible amount of money to get back off $2 if you can predict the top eight. How to enter? You go to our Instagram page and you click on the link in our bio. That'll take you directly to the sign-up page. It's a special for Guru followers, so make sure you get involved with it. The Guru will certainly be diving in. Remember to always gamble responsibly and enjoy the podcast. Now, I believe you own a little slice of history scoring the first ever try for the Wolfpack. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently, but I, I don't really count it because it was a um, it was a friendly against Hull, but yeah, they like to say that I did, so... Take them all. I, uh, I'll take them, yeah, I'll yep. take them. Take what get you can get. Many, so. so tell me, during the 2017 season, what sort of a brand of footy were you guys playing with the Wolfpack? Well, we, the way we sort of play, we like to... And this is no disrespect to the people we were playing against. Um, the, the opposition probably you know, wasn't the best. There was, um, you know, the top teams of that league. They were they were competitive, but 
some of the lower ranked teams, um, you know, these guys were like part time at at work and and stuff like that. But you know, we threw the ball around and the style that the coach at the time, Paul Rowley, liked to play. He liked to um, he liked just to throw it around and and sort of play footy from anywhere on the field. Um, it wasn't wasn't like there wasn't a, a lot of structure with the way we played, but yeah, you just kind of you like us to get behind the footy and throw it around. Sounds like the dream. <laughs> it wasn't too bad, but yeah, you can you can end up going a bit too sideways uh, with it. But you know, it was it was good fun. It was good fun to play that kind of footy, that brand of footy, I should say. Now, Blake, for the average punter who you know hasn't followed the Toronto Wolfpack story all that closely. Tell us, what are the hoops that you guys had to jump through to get to where you are today? Yeah, so how it, like, how it works over here, um, basically, once you get approved to, to come into the league, there's no licensing anymore. You basically have to start in the bottom division and work your way up through promotion and relegation. So the team got approved. It would have, I think it would have got approved maybe... 2015 started 2016 I can't quite remember so basically they started looking to sign guys throughout that 16 season and that first year we um, we won that league and so we got promoted to the championship which is the second division and then from there same sort of deal at the time the first year we had in championship it was so when you come to the final series, it was like they called it the um, like the the middle eights basically, and the bottom four of Super League would play the top four of our league. Yeah, right. In like a playoff system, so you'd play everyone once, and then the top three automatically were promoted, and then fourth and fifth played off in what was the million pound game. And that first year of championship, we. Basically, we finished on the same points as everyone, but because of points differential, we finished fourth. So we had to play a million-pound game against London and Toronto, and we um, come up short and got beat in that game. So that meant we had to spend another year in championship. What was the feeling around the club at that point? Because, you know, in that game, favourites don't come much shorter than you guys in that grand final. Tell me about it. Yeah, it, to be honest, it's the weirdest game of football I've ever, I've ever been involved in. It's just like... It was weird. We, we it was a four, like the game was four two. London beat us, and it was a like a um, a, a trialless game. We had um, a couple of tries disallowed. We got held up. It was just couldn't just we couldn't break them down. And just yeah, credit to London. They were they were good and defensively they they held us out. And I think everyone expected us to go up. And it was like a realization of like all right you know what, guess what, you aren't as good as what you think you are and you've got another year in championship. And then obviously like going into that second year of championship last year, we had um, Brian McDermott come in as coach. So that that, that kind of changed a, a lot of things in terms of how we played and stuff like that. But that was that was for the best, I believe. I think he, um, he brought something to the team that we were probably lacking. Trialist game is almost unheard of. Over there, you, the odds must have been astronomical for that. I would have loved to have known what it was paying, but it was weird because, like, the first set of six of the game, I remember we, I put a bomb up about 40 out from the try line, and oh, I think our fullback come flying through and just, as the full, as their fullback caught it, like, just crunched in, and Josh McCrane picked up and scored, but they pulled it back for um, offside straight away. Like, if that had have got allowed, it's like, I wonder what could have, like, I wonder how that game could have gone. 
there was a lot of those sort of moments in the game where if if we had have got the ball down or we had have had that try allowed, like what would have happened? Would we have gone on with it and stuff like that? But you know, the good thing about rugby league, it uh, doesn't always give you the fairy tale finish you're after. Would it be fair to say that um, that heartbreaking loss built a lot of character within the club? Yeah, and I think um, it was probably something we probably needed. We probably weren't ready to go to Super League just yet. You know, we were we were still only like two years old as a club. Like you know, even now, we're still three years old. Um, it's unbelievable. And at yeah, it's like you know, people probably we did like didn't expect us to sort of go through the ranks as quick as what we did, but. I think in terms of us spending another year in championship, it was good for us because it made us probably realise that we needed to be better in some areas. And I think with Matt coming in and the the way he coaches, I thought he um, he definitely improved us as a team. And come that million pound game last year, it um, it was a completely different feel to the year before. Wallace looking for the man as he found it. Blake Wallace under the post. Now, I know you're a pretty humble fella, but let's be honest here. That million pound game, you had a pretty big impact on it, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah I guess. I might as well just say, yeah. Like, I, I spent the back end of the year coming off the bench, and um, lead, I remember leading up to the game, uh, I hadn't had much time. I reckon probably 10 minutes here or there, and um, I was sweet with it. Like, I, for me, the team was playing well, and wherever I fit into that, you know, I'm, I'm ready to put my hand up and do a job, and... I remember Mac pulled me early in the week and he said, bring me off the bench. I don't know when I'm... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I'm going to put you on the field, but, you know, I just want to let you know now. And I said, yeah, no dramas. I said, now I don't care where you put me on the field. I'm just letting you know that I'm ready. And he was like, yep, sweet. And that was kind of it. And then grand final day, we sort of, just like the first half was a it was another weird one like we're applying pressure and just kind of we just kind of couldn't that final pass just couldn't stick or we just couldn't shift that momentum and then he brought me on the field about 10 minutes into or five ten minutes into the second half and I felt basically with with me coming off the bench and with how I play I can't I needed to bring some energy and to be upbeat and stuff like that and thankfully uh we had a scrum and Took him one off the scrum and I got the ball down over the line and that basically kick-started our run then. We went on to score a couple more tries after that. Was that a career highlight for you? Yeah, I think, um, like, as a kid growing up, you, you always kind of sort of always dream of, of doing something big in a big game. And um, I think going through what we went through the year before and coming up so short and just the feel that was a, around the stadium again in that second half, it was like, when I scored it, it was that was the, like it was just a lot of emotion. I'm like I'm I'm a pretty upbeat kind of person and stuff. And but when it comes to being on a footy, I don't really show too much of that. And 
when I scored, it just everything just come out of me. Like you can you can see on the replay, I was just like I was going off, and the crowd the crowd went nuts, and it just the whole dynamic of the team, everyone like and seeing seeing your teammates come in and like looking at you and picking you up off the ground and like how passionate they were and just seeing like you, I just knew that I'd done something pretty pretty special and um, yeah that definitely got the ball rolling for the rest of the game. Rugby league, it's it's a game of moments, isn't it? And, and you could really see in that game after that moment, like your mob, they just had an extra bounce in their step, didn't they? The confidence was just sky high after that. Yeah, definitely. And I think it might have been a couple of sets later, we went back, we marched them back down the field and then um, Bodine Thompson scored. And, you know, at that, like, I knew when I scored, I just had this, I was like, well, we're not, like, we're not losing from here. Like, I'm just, it's not happening. I'm not going through this again. And, and then when Bowie scored, I was just like, yeah, it's it's done now. We're all over this mob, and I think you could kind of see that they were a little bit deflated as well after that. I think you um and, you uh, laid that one on for Bodine Thompson too, didn't you? Yeah, I think you just I think the I think the half was in front of him. I just went, yep, you can have that, and that'll do. He bumped him off. Yeah, he bumped him off and scored. So yeah, no, it was it was all good. Speaking Enjoyed of Bodine it. Thompson, tell me about some of the other NRL players that were in that team and the effect they had, like how they changed the team from 2017 to the team that won the Million Pound game in 2019. Yes, they had like Bodine come in, Ricky Latelli. Is Ricky Latelli not one of the most underrated footballers in the world or what? He just doesn't miss a tackle, does he? People like, I think people sleep on him, eh? Like, I look at people like right up about teams of like, if they had an an exiles team, you know, with the best like overseas Super League players and I'm thinking, and he, he never gets picked in them. Like, people never put his name forward. I'm just, like seriously, like this guy, like you have no idea. And he, um, him and Bodine, like I was playing on the left with them, so they, in terms of what they did for me and like helped me out with my footy, like it was it was unreal. And you know, I'm constantly learning off those guys and the feedback they give me um, about things that are going to make like my game better and also help them as well is is really good. And I'm I'm lucky to have those kind of guys around me. About Josh McCrone. He's um, you know, he's been a bit of a polarized character in the NRL, but he's not a he's not a superstar footballer, but he never doesn't do his job. Yeah, J Max man, he um I spent some time with him at the Cutters when when I was there and um he's just you, yeah, you, he's our skipper too and he just you know, you know he's gonna do a job for you and you know, he's not the not the flashiest player or anything like that, but what he does, he'll do it well and he's very passionate and um, I really like playing alongside him because he's definitely gotten better since he's been over here. I think week to week he gets better every game. Speaking of passion, one player in the few games I've seen you guys play, Ashton Sims just seems to bring passion in absolute bucket loads. Tell me about him. Yeah, Bash is, Bash is good. I was, I was disappointed he um, he retired. He, he just wears his heart on his sleeve and probably one of the funniest blokes I've, I've come across and just now again, like you look at his experience, his resume, he's um, he's been around for quite a while. And, he's played um, some footy, hasn't he? He's definitely played some footy, and he again, he was he was great to have, especially like in our pack and some of the younger fours we had there. He he was good. He um, he knew how to talk to the boys as well and and get them revved up. So a lot of emotion, and it was good to sort of see him retire on a on a positive note and. And him to go out a winner because he uh, he thoroughly deserved it. Along with Sonny Bill around the outside of Bowman, here he goes. Sonny Bill has scored. 
genius of talents in the NRL has come up with a try. He's only been on for five or six minutes. You've made the Super League. You've signed a reasonably handy footballer, Sonny Bill Williams. I hear the Roosters players talk about him, and it seems that he changed the way they eat, sleep, shit, everything. Tell me the effect he's had on you guys in a short amount of time. Yeah, he's had a he's had a big Im- an, uh, impact on us. He um, it's like professionalism he brings, like on and off the field. You, you see him at training, what he's doing. It's like you see other boys around him want to start doing it, and it's just like he just want to be better because like of what he's doing and how he is and you know I really I really enjoy just sitting down and talking to him and and sort of you know picking his brain and just like not, not only talking footy but you know life as well he's he um you know he's a really really interesting guy and you know I think he's he's massive for the game of rugby league he's, and he's massive for us and um I'm just looking forward to learning as much as I can off him big talker on the field Around training him that he is, um, he plays on he plays on the right edge. So I haven't had, I haven't had to. Um, he hasn't doesn't say too much to me because I'm normally up on the left or out the back somewhere. But when he wants the ball, he'll tell you. He he don't shy away from it. You're so, not going to argue with him either, are you? Uh, and no, I'm not going to say no to him. And if anything, give him the ball and just start following him because there's no doubt he'll get get his arm free. So I think he'll um he'll get uh, better each game he plays and. On the weekend, he, you know, he was much better from the week before. So I'm looking forward to seeing what he does in the, the next few games. Has the media backlash about his first few games do a little bit? Like, I remember when he arrived back in the NRL, the Chooks played the Rabbitohs in his first game and Sam Burgess ran over the top of him. And just, the media just jumped all over him. And, you know, once again, a few months later, Sonny Bill was holding the trophy again. It's kind of surprised yeah. me how the media's jumped on a poor performance in his first game when he came off the pine late in the game. It just, it doesn't add up to me. Does he care? Does he hear it? Does he listen to it? No. I, I, if he cares, he's got a funny way of showing it. He, I don't think it bothers him. Um, it's just, it is what it is really, isn't it? The media's always going to pick pick out something and you're always going to have someone criticise you. That's just, that's life, you know, and... Um, I think with us over here in the UK, I, I think a lot of people don't like us because of what we are doing. And, you know, we're, we're not a traditional rugby league team. We're a transatlantic team that's, you know, doing something different. And sometimes people can't see it for the better of the game. And um, they're quick to sort of jump on us for anything. And, you know, when you sign a guy of Sonny's profile, you know, you know they're going to be watching and they're going to be, dissecting every move so it, it doesn't surprise me but we'll see we'll see what they keep saying later on in the year so at the moment Blake you guys are over in England playing you know a handful of games now when will you eventually return to Toronto to play your games and how does all that traveling work so we we don't go to Toronto until out of April the first game is mid-April I think it is so um, just because of how cold it is there and there's no indoor stadium um, for us to play in basically we've got to play a lot of away games um, here in the UK until it warms up a bit over there once we're sort of once it's once we play that first game in Toronto it's a lot of back and forward so I think it's I think the longest in Toronto and the longest we're in the UK is like three weeks I think it's a lot of it's a lot more back and forth travel than what we've had in um, previous years it'll um, it'll be interesting to see how we go with that how long's the uh, flight over to the UK? So from Toronto, it's overnight flight. So 
normally do it after a game as well. So it's like anywhere between five and six hours, just depending on the tailwind. And then from Manchester to Toronto, it's normally about seven, eight. It's it's a lot better coming back, but it's probably a lot harder to adjust coming back from um, Toronto and coming back to the UK. Yeah, you've certainly got some challenges that, as a club, you need to um, overcome, don't you? Definitely, and I think that's just all part of you know this journey. And kind of, we kind of knew what we were signed up for. We knew there was going to be travel involved, and you know we've been fortunate in, in previous seasons where we've had longer stints out there and stuff like that. And the, the travel hasn't been as frequent, but you know this year it's, it's a bit different. So you know, as long as we can stay on top of things and and make sure we're doing everything right to to get over that jet lag and get a go, then we should be sweet. Yourself playing out the rest of your career with the Wolfpack. Um, mate, I'd love to. It's a lot like I um I love the city. My fiance, I met her in Toronto, so I get married to her later this year. And um, but you know, I ne- I never know. I've got I've got two more years here, and you know, I just got to take it one game at a time and to see what happens after that. Blake, it's been an absolute pleasure having you on. Um, I've said it a few times during this podcast that you're quite a humble fella, but um, you know I'm going to embarrass you for a second and just say, you know, in my opinion, I think that in ten years' time, when the Wolfpack is an established club in the Super League, they're going to look back at names like Bodine Thompson, Sonny Bill Williams, Ashton Sims, and mate, I think yours is going to be right alongside those fellas. Uh, you've been there since day one. Uh, by the sounds of it, you're happy and you're settled there. You're getting married at the end of the year. I can't see you going anywhere anytime soon. And I just think the Blake Wallace name is just going to hold a really special place in the history of the Toronto Wolfpack. Congratulations on your career, mate. Um, love to touch base with you a few more times throughout the season if you're free to just catch up yeah, on how sure. Toronto's cool. travelling. I appreciate it. Thanks for coming on, mate. Uh, no worries, mate. I appreciate it. Eh? Thanks for having me. Thank God, footy's only a few days away now. Uh, stay tuned over the next two days. We'll be dropping two more podcasts. One will be with our good mate Natty from the Weekly Rubdown. We'll be talking everything Supercoach in week one. And we'll also be giving a little review of our uh, Champions draft that we did on Thursday night. It, it was absolutely chaotic. And, um, you know, we've both taken a few punts, which I can't wait till we give each other a bit of shit about that. So that'll be a good little listen. Then my other podcast is with the NRL physio. Brian joins me to have a chat about all the injuries coming into the season. So you'll have a podcast there that'll tell you about each and every injury from each and every club. Everyone important that we can cover and have a chat about. Thanks for tuning in once again. If you enjoy the podcast, make sure you share it to your mates, like and subscribe, and we will see you next week. Enjoy the footy over the weekend. And remember, always play smart footy. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.